Welcome back, folks, to another episode of Mostly Ghostly. You're joined with myself, Matthew, and I have Ray with me on the other side of the, the, the netherworld. How you doing, Ray? Pretty good. How about you? I'm doing fantastic. Fantastic. Season two uh, has started incredibly strong in the Mostly Ghostly mostly ghostly uh, world. It's a very beautiful thing. Today we are joined with a fabulous guest, James Creechbaum. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, um, Ray's, uh, he's um, friends on Facebook, and he's a member of, one of my main group on Facebook, and um, I've always seen him share his podcast in there, and I used to do a lot of interviews, and I've got uh, where I didn't do very many, and I thought, yeah, maybe I'll do a couple, and I and uh, I always listen to the show, and I thought, hey, you know, uh, if you need a guest, uh, why not? Yeah, is that the spiritual uh, paranormal group? Yeah, that's yeah, that's group. my main group. Yes, that's a good group over there. Everybody out there, go check it out on the Facebook. Uh, also, the Strange Things podcast. He's uh, he's the host of that show, which is you know, pop that, and we're gonna we're gonna hop into that in a little bit. Um, but for sure, check that stuff out, and we'll be we'll be you know mentioning it again at the end of the show. As we like to do, um, but yeah. So like, we usually, you know, you've been in the doing it for like thirty lodge, doing it for like thirty years. You know, your 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 dance with the paranormal. Um, where did uh where did it all get started for you when it comes to like the paranormal and the unexplainable? Well, I actually started when I was probably age three. I would say I'd always play with a little uh, Indian boy every day outside. But he would never come in my house. Now, at age three, I didn't know it was a spirit, you know. I, I didn't know no better. I was three years old. Yeah. I didn't know what a spirit was. But he would never come in the house. You know, I'd play with him every day outside. And I asked him one day, I said, why won't you come in the house? And he said, because of the mean man in there. And the mean man was what turned out to be another spirit, which was in the house. And this guy was, and this guy was mean, uh, big time. And... And uh, anyway, that's that's how I pretty much got started. That's I love that story already. I got the creep vibe immediately. I love that. Wait, with uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, there's a little more to it. Yeah, want to hear the end of it? You better believe <laughs> okay. it. Oh, yeah. well, you better believe it. Well, here's well, you know the the little anybody would never come in, right? And um, so anyway, one day I, I was yeah I was three years old. Got my Spider-Man comic book, you know, brand new. So I go upstairs, and I show my mom. She goes, okay, be careful going back down the steps, you know. So I, I go down, and, and this mean man, he's standing at the top of the stairs, so I got to go by him. Now, I don't know no better at three. You know, I can't put these things together. Is this a spirit? Or, I didn't even put together, why is this strange mean man in, my, in our house, you know? So I go to, like, dash by him. And he pushed me down the steps, and I probably missed the top four or five, and then I went flying down the, down these oak stairs, busted my front teeth out. Ugh. And, yeah, that guy was evil, let me tell you. Anyway, shortly after that, um, we we moved out of there because I guess my – and I didn't know this till just actually about a year ago because my, my parents, you know, they didn't wasn't into paranormal stuff. But my mom's seen stuff too, but she kind of – didn't admit or deny it till like fifty some years later, till like a year ago. I was like, I'm glad we got me out of it. that guy was mean, man. Yeah, yeah. It's funny you often hear about that, where like in a situation like that, where the parent 
very like in denial. Like they see it, but they they don't. It's like because they don't. Me and Ray talked about it. We think we we chalked it off to they just don't want to scare the kids type deal. So they just pretend like they didn't see it. But yeah, there, there, there's a lot of that going on. Did you ever? Right. Uh, did you ever uh, hear any stories of what you think that mean the mean man could have been like from before? Or? No, I, I never really went back to check it out or anything. Matter of fact, I think that house was tore down now. It, this was back in the late '60s, you know, and times were different. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's not like now everybody sees ghosts or not afraid to talk about it. Back then, especially your parents, you know, they was the old generation. They didn't really, you know, speak about that stuff. Yeah. At what point did you uh, take a look back and realize that uh, your little Indian friend was a spirit? Probably when I was probably I'm going to say probably fourteen, fifteen, you know, mid teens. Because I always see, I still see, I see spirits all the time. I'm just born that way, you know. But I never, and, and the thing was, as I got older and, and my, as a child going, even up into 20s, I tried to ignore that stuff, like put it aside and not talk about it, not deal with it. But it comes a point where it comes to a head and you can't outrun it or you, you, you got to face it. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of people would say that, Something like that might not be good for a kid to to see, but I always say, you know, James got to play Cowboys and Indians for real, you know what I mean? I did, and you know, (laughs) I did. Yeah. It's uh, a, at a young age, it's interesting that like, I don't know if it's because we don't quite understand death yet or why we're, you know, we don't get freaked out by that, you know what I mean? Yeah, and, and you know, I just looking back and all the research and investigations I've done, I, I've i kind of found that once kids get to about age seven, eight, they kind of lose the ability, the, the uh, pureness of not being conditioned from adults that things don't exist or it's just a nightmare and stuff, you know, what yeah. you're seeing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So they kind of lose the ability. Now, not all of them. I mean, I didn't, but some some do. You know, and I think that's what's going on. Maybe I don't know my world anyway. <laughs> Do you think that it's a, a loss of ability, or it's more that parental denial that kind of comes into the brain and makes them make themselves believe that you know they're not seeing this or hearing that? Yeah, I think it's a lot to do with conditioning from society, and you know, starting with the parents. I th- I really think it has a lot to do with it. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll agree with that. I, uh... I had experiences when I was young and, uh, everybody constantly is telling you no and society's pulling all, putting all sorts of thoughts in your head and you start accepting that. You kind of close yourself off to, uh, what's out there. But right, right. You know, and, and listen, the power of belief is strong too. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I mean, you can, I, th- I believe that you can believe things into happening. You know, I mean, that's what faith is, right? You know, prayer, pretty much, you know, it's just a a group and a, a continuous effort of believing a positive thing will happen. And I think uh, enough of that will could actually move, move the waters, you know, and actually make things happen. Right. And, you know, like I was telling you, I was I kind of ignored that stuff and put it aside. So it came to a head. What well, came to a head one time? Um, this was in the 80s. I don't know, I was maybe 20 years old, and I was living with my cousin, and we would work every day, and we'd come home, and his aunt was had real bad OCD. You know, you, you get your clothes off work clothes, she would have them washed and dried and folded all nice and neat and put on 
<laughs> besides bed. But anyway, um, every night my clothes would be clear across the room on the floor by the door, and I thought my cousin was doing it, but he wasn't, you know. Mm. And this was going on about two weeks, and then he, his girlfriend would live right underneath of us in this apartment, and he would spend all night down there, you know. So anyway, I'm, I just lay down in bed at 11 o'clock at night. It's pitch dark in the room. And I want you to picture one of them giant stainless steel pans full of other stainless steel pans that you barely get your arms around, right? And picture that slamming on a hard oak wood floor as hard as you can right beside you in bed. Yikes. That is what happened to me. And, and my aunt come running in and my cousin come running up from downstairs and timely peeled me off the ceiling from that shock and awe of what sounded like, you know, a bomb going off beside me. Yeah. I don't know how to tell you. That was the most, oh, my goodness, um, wow. And, and the thing was, there was not one thing moved in that, that room at all. But the noise of it, it's exactly what it sounded like, like a bunch of stainless steel pans slammed on a hard wood floor. And come to find, and I seen who it was. It was an old man. And I asked my aunt, was there somebody died here? <laughs> she said, yeah, old man died in here. He used to own this. And that's who it was. But the thing was, he wouldn't let me sleep. Like, he... I think he knew that I had abilities to conceive, and he would not leave me alone. And so I had to move out. I had to move out of there because he just would not let me sleep. But that, And then that's when it kind of came to a head, and I just tried to learn how to deal with these things best I can and but not dwell on them. Yeah, you hear a lot of stuff like that, you know, where the, the spirits, they want the new inhabitants not to be there, you know what I mean? They want them to leave, so they disrupt them. And that's what that sounds like, which it's... It's curious. I'm very curious, like, you know, in a situation like that where you hear a gigantic bang and you look and nothing's been moved, it's like, what do you guys think that is? Do you think that that's almost like a ghostly just sound that's there, or do you think that's like them slamming down, or what, 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 would, what do you think would make that sound, that bang? I got to tell you, I, with all the research investigations I've done, I've almost kind of think it's where almost two roles are kind of overlapping where they're kind of reaching in and can do and, and make noises with no effect on this side, but except for the noise and not because there's no other explanation for it. I mean, that's, it was so loud and palpable that it, I, it almost gave me a heart attack. Yeah. The, um, you know, I, exactly. You know, it almost makes you wonder, you know, when a lot of, when you, people, you know, heart attacks and stuff like that. What could it, what, you, what it could actually be if it, if, if, if it was something like that, just a shock that scared somebody to death, you know what I mean? That only they heard or, you know what I mean? Whether it be, I mean, it's weird. Uh, you think, a, you think a, a spirit could get into, get into your mind and make you, you know, almost have the same effect where instead of smashing something in, in real life, it, made you think it got smashed in your head because it's almost the same deal you know what i mean i do know what you mean and i can tell you this much um i've i retired from helping people depending on problems but there's not much i haven't did or seen to help people and along those ways uh, even spirit attachments i have dislodged those from people but i've seen some of the most evilest things you can uh imagine and some of it they like to try to get inside of you and, and squeeze your heart and stuff. I mean, that, and um, that stuff's not fun. I've heard about that. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, uh, dang, man. Yeah, it's like, there's the, 
you know, the, the spiritual element to it, people never think that it can get physical with them, you know what I mean? It's like, they think, yo, you're, you're going to see something, you know, the glass move across the table, you're going to see, you know, the curtains move in a room with all closed windows, stuff like that. They don't think of stuff like that where a gripping of a hard type deal or even as simple as a tripping up feet at the top of a staircase, you know what I mean? It could really be... You do kind of got to bring into question a lot of these uh, mysterious deaths that do happen. Like, are they really that mysterious? Could you could you investigate into the paranormal almost as a culprit in something like that? Because we've all seen and heard stories of, you know, like like you in the bed, like where there's like serious things are moved, like enough enough uh, energy is in, in the situation to actually be able to, like, if you can move, if you have the ability to move, like, a bowl of fruit across a kitchen table, then I absolutely think that you could have the ability to formulate some type of air, pe- even if it's just air, but enough to trip up somebody's feet to tumble downstairs and perish, you know what I mean? Well, yeah, you know, I've heard people say all the time, well, all spirits can't hurt you, but here's a scenario. Let me paint this little scenario for you. Yeah. Say you're in a house, okay, you're real tired. You got a spirit in there that doesn't like you. Mm-hmm. You wait, you're real tired till the timing's just right. You lay down, you pass out. Now, he has enough energy that he can blow out a pilot light. And, and let me tell you something, your house fills up with gas. You get up in the morning, you turn on a light somewhere, and boom. doesn't take much thinking, you know, to have spirits that could do things. Now, I'm not saying that could happen, but if that happened, who's going to say, that? hey, you know what, a spirit probably did that? They're going to think, no, it was a faulty pilot light or something. Well, even if you want to bring it in or like like before, like... If you could, even if it could get in, cloud up the mind for them to turn on the stove and then forget to turn it off, which happens all the time. People forgetting stuff like that. Yeah. Listen, I have, yeah, I have seen spirit attachments affect people where they come to a point almost where they black out. Okay, and um, they don't even they've done things they didn't even know they did. And uh, these some of these attachments is not all attachments are bad spirits, but just the act of attaching on somebody is a negative act. If you think about it, they didn't ask you, yeah, you know, draining probably as well. I'd assume draining your energy and tiring you out, right? Oh, exactly. Yes, yeah. absolutely. So, this, uh, yeah, I was I was doing research recently uh, in the last couple of days. Uh, National Institutes of Health, and what was surprising is they had a collection of studies, and they were looking into energy medicine, Mm -hmm. things like uh, Reiki, acupuncture, and there's a list of about a half a dozen. And from initial looks, they're suggesting now that doctors should start looking into using this along with their regular medical along with their regular medicine, because science is starting to recognize that we have electrical and energy fields in ourselves, and it can be, they can be affected by energy outside of us. Now, if you're talking spirit as energy, and they tap into our energy fields and the energy inside of us, there's a potential there for some uh, serious damage. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, I've studied a lot of Reiki, and I've used a lot of it, uh, Reiki-ness whenever I would close, find and close portals, uh, spirit portals in houses. 
because that's another thing. You know, you can you can do whatever you want to help somebody, but if there's a portal in a house and you don't find and close it, guess what's going to happen in another month? They're going to come back and they're going to be even more feisty. So how would you yep. go, how would you go about finding a portal? You just kind of go through the house and kind of feel it out type deal. Well, um, you, what I usually do, I have a usually I'm called in to help teams or I'll. Um, Maybe if, if not, I don't have a team. I'll have a couple assistants. But what I do, I use three techniques to validate it. I try to get as much evidence as I can to validate something, not just going by what I can pick up on. I'll walk through a house. I usually can pick up where they are, but I don't just go by that. I try to use EMF uh, readings, and usually they'll validate where I've, I've, you know, I've picked up something. But then I'll take a pendulum. And I'll hold it real steady. And if that pendulum moves clockwise, if it's going clockwise, then I, that you know that's three things that has validated that there is a open portal there. And then how would you close it out? Well, how I close it off is I use a lot of uh, Reiki, um, pretty much Reiki, same way a Reiki master would do. Um, a lot of focus prayers and, and focus my energy and channel it to sh- to shut it. And then now some of these portals are so big that you can't do it the first time. You might have to do it a couple times. Mm. And what you, what I do after I do it, I'll check it again with the pendulum and the EMFs and and uh, and, and see if it's still swinging. If it don't swing no more, then it's closed. Yeah, it's kind of like going. Uh, but I got exercise. I was going to say I yeah. I got to tell you this, this much: um, closing those yeah. it takes a lot out of you. I mean, it really takes a lot out of you. I. I uh, was on a case last year, one of the last cases I did, there was eight portals on this land and in the house all over the place. There was eight of them. It took me and a team and a few assistants 24 hours nonstop to do everything we had to do there. And it it drained me and wiped me out so bad it took me two weeks to get back on my feet again. I believe it. You know, it's it's... It's all energy. It all, it all, it all, it all comes back to energy every time. You know what I mean? It's right. And, and I'll tell you this much: there was another house. I was there was a team called me in to help them, mm. and and I was on the point of using the pendulum, and I'm walking through the basement. As I'm walking, the pendulum now it's just hanging down. Okay. Yeah. It looks like there's an invisible hand grabbing the pendulum and holding it parallel straight out. Now, if you've ever witnessed something like that, there's no explanation for that, okay? Yeah. <laughs> We're talking about a pen, you know, they're kind of heavy, yeah, yeah. okay? And it's it's sticking <laughs> straight out, like there's nothing holding it. And you're looking at that, it's hard to fathom in your in your mind to process that. Yeah. But I, I know that the two people that had seen it, they were, they were, I thought one of them was going to pass out, but it's very <laughs> shocking to see oh, yeah. something like that. I believe it. What was, uh, you said earlier, a little earlier, you were talking about how you've seen some, like, really evil stuff and um, so attachments when you guys were doing, you know, going through uh, investigations, you know. That stuff always fascinates me, like, the different deals. Like, what were some of the, what were some of the things that you came across in that aspect of things? Okay, there was a case I did, um, let's see, this was probably 28, fall of 2018, went in-house. Um, they had been having some problems. Did the whole thing. Um, I didn't even mess around. I took a humidifier, filled it up with holy water, and fired it up and did and, and let it get all over and, and did what I had to do. Anyway, get upstairs in this closet, 
Inside this closet, there's like a little crawl space that goes into this little attic, but you had to crawl. So we're in there, and the wife showed me where it is. Well, the, the little wooden door that was covering the space blew off. I mean, it blew off with force. And she jumped and shocked. And, and I don't like to lie to people, but I lied to her. Yeah. I said that was just, you know, a draft of wind. But it wasn't a draft of wind. It was like real nasty evil in this crawl space. I had a corner, right? So, because yeah. <laughs> she was already scared. I didn't need her to feed it anymore to make it stronger. So, yeah, right. anyway, I get in there. Yeah, I'm on all fours crawling in there with a sage stick and doing saying things I need to say. But then I stopped dead and I could feel it to my left. I mean, it was beaming at me. And so I very slowly turned my head to look to see what I'm going about to see. Mm-hmm. And there it was. This this thing looked like um, head to head like the kid on that movie Mask, but he had spikes out of its head looking kind of thing. And it, and it bum rushed me. And when it when it hit me, it knocked me off all fours, knocked me right over, and went flying out. The the the, ma- the 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 face from mask without the spikes is horrifying enough. Um, yeah, so the, you got you got touched you got touched by a non angel right there. That's uh, uh, yeah, yeah. It knocked me clear off my. It knocked me right over. Now, when you when you get the yep. actual touch like that, does that does that drain your energy to you? The actual touch of the it, it, it touching your flesh, you think that does something to you? It can, but I, I I do everything I can to protect myself. But you know, even still, it, it had enough power to knock me clear over. I mean, I was on all fours. That was just one thing. You know, there was a couple months before that. There was another case I did. Um, let's see, this one here. Oh man, yeah, this one was bad too. Um, <laughs> this one looked ex- this one looked just like the face of the Jeepers Creepers guy. You ever see that movie Jeepers Creepers? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah. We, uh, me and Ray, me and Ray do films. We worked mm-hmm. with, uh, we worked with, uh, uh, Josh Hammond from Jeepers Creepers too. So you better, we know some Jeepers Creepers face up in here, but back to what the important things you were talking about. I seen a face that looked just like that. Now, I don't know if it tried to get it out of my mind and use it against me or whatever, but that, that is what I saw this thing. And, and the thing was, this, this was a house that, uh, I had it cornered. At the end of the day, did everything that was in the attic, but this attic, you had to go outside on top of the roof with about a 45-degree pitch and climb up a ladder, and already I'm not liking this because you got some evil up in there that's trying to, you know, get us and kill us, yeah. and, and, you know, it can very easily push us off this roof. So anyway, we get in, he takes off this plywood that he had screwed in, <laughs> so we get in there, and as soon as he walked in, he went to turn on the light. He didn't even touch the thing. The light exploded. Okay, was it turned on? He hadn't pulled the switch; it just exploded on its own. Okay, so that's a that's kind of a red flag, usually, you know. So he says, "Don't worry about it." There's another one. So he's walking to turn on the other light, and when he turned on this other light, like a tornado, the um, insulation was in between the the four by eights, and it came up like a tornado because this this thing it spun. When it spun around, it had that face that I was talking about, and it took off down into the crack out of the house. And I said to the guy, did you see that? And he says, yeah, and I was worried because if he'd have seen that face, it, it, you know, I don't, I didn't want to see that. But he'd only seen the back end of it, thank goodness. But that's what was in that attic, and that was, I can tell you, you can't unsee that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That stuff sticks with you for uh I remember being a kid. I remember 
I was like six or seven years old. I've told this story on, on the show before um, where like I was having a dream and in this dream there was a hand coming up a window near my bed and I woke up and I look over to the window and the hand was still coming up and I remember like just being horrified and just no getting up running out running downstairs because I knew that the last thing I wanted to do was see the face on that thing because I don't know if I'd ever be able to come back from that that could have been too much for Maddie you know what I mean um uh, yeah <laughs> but Jeez. I remember that uh even the hand crystal clear like those things stick with you forever they burn in your mind yeah, you can't you can't unsee them. You know, even through my adolescence growing up, I've seen stuff that you know at the time I was scared. I look back now and kind of laugh at it, but yeah. you know, but over the years, there's just so much stuff that and it starts piling up. And then you know, every time I would go help somebody, is is like Lorraine Warren said it best: it takes a piece of you. You know, every yeah. time it just it adds up. You a supporter of uh, the Warrens? Uh, since we, I, I, th- I thought everybody loved the Warrens, and since we started the show, I've come to realize there's certain groups that aren't fans of the Warrens. Oh, I don't judge anybody. I, I don't, you know, I wasn't there. I, yeah. I definitely think that. Listen, I've seen stuff that I, you, if I told most people, they think I was lying or crazy. So I don't try to convince anybody. So who am I to judge? I, I don't have no reason to doubt them at all. I'm with you. Yeah, that's how we kind of feel about it. You know what I mean? You know. Oh yeah, what, right. Yeah, well, what you what um what you're talking about is what I think a lot of the people, a lot of people who are open, see during their life, and the reason they never talk about it is they know society will not will not accept it, so they just keep it pent up inside, and they just live with these images and these things they've seen, and uh, because you're kind of like a beacon when you're open, these things uh, see you and. They're drawn to your energy, whether good or bad, on yeah. their part. Uh, they're just drawn in, and the world doesn't understand. You can't explain it. Well, that's so true because, you know, over the years, and in, in about, I don't know, five years ago or so, and, and I did best I could with my these psychic boys or whatever, but what had happened, I did so much, like dislodging spirits, I crossed over spirits, just, I did so much in a week one time about five years ago, it triggered what they call open my third eye, mm. and then that was like turning my psyche abilities on 11, I mean, um, I was seeing spirits, I mean, all the time, everywhere, and they were not leaving me alone or nothing, and I, I called a real good friend of mine who's probably the best psychic medium I've ever met, and I described it to her and she said welcome to my world and i was like oh no i don't i don't want that world you know what i mean i'm already <laughs> see this stuff I, I don't want it turned up to 11 on top of this but yeah they wouldn't let me sleep or nothing but anyway thank god for her she taught me how to control these things how to protect myself and and keep them at bay and but there's people who go through these things and i've helped them from what i've learned because listen like you you nailed it some people are like a beacon in the night and these spirits are lost, or they don't know it better, and they can tell you're a beacon of night because they're drawn to you, and they think, well, maybe you can help me. And some of them are relentless. They won't leave you alone, you know, and and that's hard on a person, especially if you're trying to sleep for a week. Yeah. Well, I've I've always had the philosophy that there's, uh, you've got light and dark, and when dark sees light, it wants to turn it off. So if they see you as light, what they're going to do is they're going to constantly 
attack you, a barrage, and they're going to keep coming back and back until you learn, like uh, you said, all of those things to keep them at bay and and to close it off because they don't want you shining your light. Uh, no, they, they want to they want to shut you down. Absolutely, and, and I got to tell you something. If you've ever looked real true evil in the eye, it looks back at you and it will never forget you. So you've always got to be on your toes for the rest of your life. I, I can assure you of that one. That should I, I I agree a hundred I agree a hundred percent on that. Uh, I will say, unfortunately, on the one hand, um, I've experienced that. Fortunately. I'd say it's also a fortunate or a good experience. And the reason I'll say that is it teaches you that it is real and it is there. Yeah. And you're no longer going to return back to just uh, ignoring it around you. You're now, you're now will deal, deal with it and you'll recognize that there are two sides of that coin and you've got to be careful. That, that's so true. You know, the key is, even in a negative situation, if you can find a positive out of it and turn it around it to where you can learn from it and help yourself, then, you, then you're ahead of the game. But if you just lay down or, or keep feeding it with fear, you're going backwards. You'll never get ahead of it. I agree. True, true facts. When you were uh, doing these investigations, have you ever uh, had like a possession type experience where somebody, you know, had a spirit go that speak through them or, you know, maybe act through them? <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, fortunately, <laughs> excuse me, Back in the early to mid-80s, all the way up to the 90s, I studied uh, everything there was in paranormal and demonology and all that stuff and did investigation stuff on the weekends. But then come about the mid-90s, this lady that I knew, uh, her, her brother came to me, guys slid up the street, and he said, there's something wrong with my sister. And I said, well, what's going on, you know? So I go down there, and this lady um, wasn't very old, maybe 20, 19, but... She was very, um, I don't know. She didn't know other languages. She's very, uh, very great, good person. Yeah. But anyway, I go in there, and you would have thought she was a rabid animal. I mean, all fours jumping around, uh, cussing, speaking in, in three tongues. One of my might have been ancient Arabic or something. I mean, it was in tongues. Languages I know this lady did not know. Yeah. And foaming at the mouth, all of it. You name it, classic stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So anyway... Uh, we get her, we get her, uh, um, I can laugh now at it, but at the time it was, oh boy, but we had to duct tape her down to this chair and, and, you know, I was the smallest one. I was at 220 pounds and the rest of them, and they were bigger than me. It was all we could do to handle this 140 pound girl. Yeah. Uh, the strength was incredible. It was incredible. But, um, the three of us, there was three of us then, and plus her, but it took us five hours to, um, exercise that out of her and and come to find out um the only thing that we can think of she said that she was playing with the board uh unbeknownst to everybody by herself and um and and this this happened that's the only thing we can place together and uh it took five hours i thought it was going to kill all of us uh we finally got it out of her but um that that day changed a lot of people's lives let me tell you something people seen stuff that they only see in the movies but uh we seen it firsthand yeah, that's, you know, the, the, me, and, me and Ray often say, you know, the one thing that you can't really argue or dispute is that Latin and the, those those uh, those third world languages and lost languages and, you know, they speak in backwards sometimes. Like, that's the one thing you can't do. You know, you could, 
I could almost see them, you know, slipping some Elsa Seltzer in the mouth for some foam and mouth or, you know, something. I could see some gimmicks played on certain things, but like that speaking Latin backwards and actually like saying something, not just gibberish. Like, yeah, I don't know how you cannot <laughs> believe it when you hear that. You know what I mean? That's like insanity. Like, you know what I mean? It's darkness. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, her her brother, the other guy, they never mentioned it. Um, they didn't want to talk about or even think about it after that. But that was a very um, eye opening uh, uh, event. But there was other ones throughout that wasn't as severe as that. But um, maybe people that wasn't getting borderline possession them, but definitely would have attachments and they would affect you know they affect their personalities and, and sure. mess up their lives. Yeah. When uh, you said she was playing with a board alone, were you talking about a Ouija board? Yeah, that's what she said she was doing uh, by herself. Yeah, we all we always have big discussion on the Ouija board. What's your opinion of the Ouija board and its place in the toy section at every Walmart and Target in the world? Well, I know some people say yes, the the idio meteor effect or whatever. Well, even if that's the case. And the mind is that powerful to do that unbeknownst to you. That's a scary thought in itself. But here's the thing. Yeah. I think it's a little bit of everything going on because I have seen too much to you can't explain it away. Yeah. Now, granted, if you're on one side and you haven't seen this, you're never going to believe it until you see it. I've seen it, witnessed it, uh, dealt with it, and I definitely don't think it should be sold in a store because it's all about intent anyway with it. It, yeah. it. Like any other object, it's how you use it or your intent behind it. And unfortunately, not everybody has um, good intent. Oh, for sure. I mean, it, you got you have... Including the spirits. I agree. <laughs> including the spirits. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you got... You got you, you, on both sides. You you, you could have like uh, more adult people attempting to do darker things, and you could have the actual child that stumbles into it that will put the belief in it, trying to maybe reach a, a love a grandmother or something like that. You know what I mean? But as we all know, you know, trickery. Uh, it wants the attention, and it'll it'll disguise itself as a loved one to get that energy. You know what I mean? And then when you find out, it's too late. But uh, ooh. Scary. Right. And, and I have found out through my years with my research, investigation studies, all that stuff I do, uh, most of the time, whatever, if there are spirits coming through that, they're going to lie to you. Okay? They're usually lower level, maybe vibrational spirits, and they're going to lie to you, tell you what you want to hear, um, you know, because you're paying attention to them, you're feeding them your energy. That's what I've found in my world anyway. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a... Kind of like a metaphor. If you, if you stuck your arm down a shark's mouth and you tickled its throat a certain way, it will tell you things, but what it tells you is going to be lies. However, while you're doing that, you're going to trigger his gag reflex. It's going to bite your arm off and you might bleed out. Well, it's kind of the same principle. You're playing around with something that uh, it might be okay. It might not be. You might get something alive to you, and then it's going to mess, it's going to mess your whole life up. It's going to mess with your pets, your job, your health, your well-being, your family, your kids, all of it. Now, do you think that that, that person would have to believe in it for it to come come forward, or do you think that just even if they if they're oh no 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 big deal in doing it, you think they're still unleashing that energy into their world? Well, I have found in, in my world anyway, uh, just because you don't believe in something, that does not make you exempt from its actions. <laughs> yeah. 
It's true. I've oh, heard yeah. that in many different many different scenarios. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hold on. When you're talking about that, I agree with you. Just because you don't believe in it doesn't mean uh, you get a free pass. But the other thing is that, you know, you may not consciously believe in it, but what about what's going on in your subconscious mind? What fears are you throwing up? What energies are you throwing out? And uh, it's going to manipulate that as well, not just what you think uh, uh, you, you think it is or you think you're talking to. It's it's going to reach in there, and like we were talking before, and it's going to start pulling stuff out. And it's going to start using it. You may not even be aware you're doing that. Yeah. that That's true. And... That's true. And, you know, on the other end of that, if you do believe in it, and it's still you're dealing with the same nefarious thing, you've just given a lot more um, energy to feed off of because now you've got the intent. And then if you believe in it and you've got some bad intent on using it, now you really amped it up a little bit more. You know, we, uh, we've asked this, asked this question on the show before. You know, when you come across people in life, that are always kind of down and out, and, you know, every time you see them, something's always happened to them, and they're all gloomy and stuff. Do you think that, that they're actually being, like, like a tick, like there's, like, a demon or, like, a bad energy feasting off of them slowly? Well, what I have found in most cases is whatever you put out in the universe, you will get back. In other yeah. words, if you're a positive person, you put positive thoughts and words out, words out in the universe, you're going to get that back. But if you're a Debbie Downer, the universe is going to give you that back. Now, you figure that into the fact that now, especially if you're that way and you're doing investigations, you're going to all these haunted places. But here's the thing. You don't have to go in haunted places. There's spirits everywhere. Believe it, especially Walmart. So now you can pick up attachment there by, you know, being a, a very negative person, maybe draw something to you and it might latch on to you. You never know. Yeah, it's true. Have you ever been? Uh, have you ever been so scared during an investigation that you walked away from something, like left the scene? No. Okay. Nope. That's that's the only thing I have. A, I have a zero fear factor, yeah. and, and because of that is probably why I've been very successful. Because I look at it like this: I, I, when I go and, and do these things and face all this bad of the worst of the worst, I have no fear because number one. I, I just don't have no fear. Number two, if, if the Lord's walking beside me and helping me, I have no fear. Fear is is an illusion. It's yeah. an illusion that the mind uses as some kind of defense mechanism. If you can get past that, there's nothing you can't do in this world. Fear is the, is, if that's the main thing. But, you know, it's easier said than done. You can tell people that, but listen, they're not, you know, they're the ones being harassed and by these evil things, maybe seeing them. It's, but, boy, if you can get by that fear thing, you can take back your power. Yeah. It's true. It's true. Mind over matter. You know what I mean? Now, even with that said, I, I have not went some places or let other people go there, not because of fear, but because I know there's repercussions that come down the road, and not everybody is um, able to suppress fear. Yeah, more, it was more of a spiritual thing, not not like a trespassing charge, but like a, a spiritual problem in the future that would have came down. Right. You, you know, I look out for other people. Yeah, that's See, that's the thing. A lot of people, when they, they do things or go maybe road tripping or investigating or playing with boards, they, they're not thinking about maybe their families or, or something comes follows them home. Well, it's not maybe necessarily mess with you. It might mess with your dog and then work its way up to your youngest child. And, and Lord knows you don't want that. Right. Well, I mean, that's how you attack a person. If you, 
the the sadisticness of uh, you know you actually if you really want to hurt somebody you know you hurt who they love not exactly them unfortunately you know right you make them watch and suffer as you torture their loved ones that's the the ultimate and that's usually what happens all right james all right james calm down calm down (laughs) 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 but uh can you recall any if you were can you can you uh recall an occurrence that happened that if you were to have broken and kind of hightailed it out of there like the scariest type of situation you felt you've ever been in Oh, there's been a lot of scary ones. Um, About about five years. (laughs) Well, the most astonishing thing I've ever seen was about five years ago, um, this person, they had a serious attachment on them, bad. And there was this bookcase, and it was a locked bookcase, but it had a glass front. And there was this bottle in there, and this bottle, go back about four months ago, this bottle disappeared. It was in a locked bookcase. bookcase. Disappeared out of this bookcase. Nobody had the key but the one person. Fast forward now to four months, and this person had this bad attachment. Mm. So we're trying to get it out of them, and the person looks at the bookcase and says, what's that? And in front of our eyes, this pill bottle uh, materializes in front of these books. Okay, to this day, I don't know how that happened. I can't explain it. I can tell you that, and you probably think I'm out of my mind, but we've seen it. We watched it. Um, I've tried for <laughs> tried to debunk that. There's no, like, there's no, you can't get that out of your mind. You can't debunk it. I just call it a parlor tricks that evil do, does to try to distract us from what we were doing. That's basically what it was. Yeah. O- opioid abuse is hitting everybody hard. You know what I mean? Even the ghosts. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a it's one of them things, you know. Now I know that you also uh, you get down with the, the the UFO stuff as well a little bit, right? Some on, on yeah, actually, ride. I yeah, I actually seen one. Um, lat not this July, but the July before, in broad daylight in July, it was um, your classic white tic tac. Um, it was mind blowing. I took a couple pictures of it actually. It's getting crazy. I mean. With the government releasing UFO footage earlier that earlier in uh, 2020, it was um, I never thought we'd see that. It, it seems like they're kind of uh, getting uh, you know some people speculate that you know it's getting ready to a time where they're going to become put everything on front street with uh, the public about UFOs, which will be interesting. But yeah, I was very surprised to see that footage. But you are you seeing a lot more stuff. There was something recently. Uh, Somewhere, I forget where it was, but uh, cell phone footage of, like, a weird... It was kind of a tic-tac-shaped, uh, either, like, a saucer or, like, a tic-tac-shaped type thing that fell into the ocean somewhere. Um, but, yeah, it's becoming more and more out in the open, you know. And uh, it's weird. Yeah, it is. It's, it's interesting, you know. We get into, you know, sometimes... It's funny, because the whole the, the UFO thing and... You know, conspiracy things, you know, it's like years ago people were getting like killed off for like voicing or things that is so openly talked about now, like the UFO thing too, you know what I mean? It's a, it's, it's, it's a weird time, you know what I mean? Where, 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 uh, but I think, yeah, maybe we, maybe the time for us to see the UFO deal has come. But you, you've seen uh, the Tic Tac UFO. What was it, just hovering around or was it, 
No, actually, it was pretty high up in the sky. It had no, it was tic tac, and it was going fast and it was high. And the weird part was, it got behind this one cloud and never came back out again. Yeah, it's a weird vibe, man. You know, I, I've seen like the triangle. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah, yeah. I remember uh, I seen a what I can only describe as like the old those elongated helicopters from like Vietnam. Like one of those with lights on the side go over my apartment building when I was younger. I seen something like a thing in the woods camping once. Yeah, a whole bunch of uh, unexplainable things, you know, keeps life interesting. You know what I mean? Anybody, whenever people naysay and don't want to open their mind to the possibilities, I always so such a closed minded thing because even, I don't know how you cannot be interested at the least, at the very least, be at least interested in this stuff. You know what I mean? Because. A lot, there's a lot of real deal links of like proof for a lot of certain things, you know. Beautiful. It's true. True. You know, uh, you guys are out of New England, I think, right? Yep. Um, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I, and I used to live over there, and I did a lot of investigating over there, too. I went to a place, I think it was 1988, called Barra Hack. Uh, it's in Connecticut. Mm. And, um,. That place, it's it's a, in a road down the middle of nowhere, and you park by a tree, and you hike about two miles in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> it's a village from, like, 16, 1700s. Nothing there but foundations, you know. Yeah. But uh, It was funny because it's kind of funny. I would do these investigations on the weekend, and, and um, I had these guys working for me, and they, these big, tough guys, they always make fun of me, you know. Oh, you're hunting ghosts. They're not real and all this and that. And I said, well, won't you, you know, big, tough guys come with me? On the weekend, I said, okay. they said, okay. So we get there. I find the place. We like, you can't even get there now, I guess. It's mm-hmm. private property or something. But anyway, it was back in 88. So we get there, and I, I timed it where it was just dark, just getting dark, you know. So we get there, and I'm ahead of them probably about 20 feet, 30 feet. And then we started hearing these most ungodly noises. I mean, bone chilling. Now, I knew what they were. But these city folk guys, they didn't know what, the, what it was, you know. So I turned around to tell them. And all I seen was the backside of them running full sprint, like force gun down that. They were, oh, they were gone. I mean, they were at a full sprint. So I hung around. You know, I, I seen a couple shadow figures, got some EVPs. And then I, finally I go back. Now, it's my truck. And they're in my truck with door locked. One's got a hammer and the other's got a crowbar. I'm like, what is going on here with you guys, man? Yeah, that was my bear hack experience. I always laugh when they grab, like, nonsense weapons. Like, what's a hammer going to do to, like, a ghost? Grab, like, a uh, Right, right. Get, like, a utility knife. Yeah. 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 And then, uh, yeah, that, that that's so true. That's what I thought, you know. And then, but there's a lot of haunted places there in, in Connecticut and well, all in England. My goodness. Even yeah. the, there was a Rocky Point um amusement park there down in, in i think it was warwick rhode island it, it closed down that was haunted there's i've been down there a few other places out through there a rocky points one i'm familiar with i used to go there as a kid if you if you're yeah. ever if you're ever in uh new england again and you're in massachusetts in Wittenville, right outside of worcester there's a place called purgatory chasm it is a ufo hotspot i mean it's oh it wow is, famous for it it's if non-believers go out there go up there and they come back with stories it's not oh, a boy it's not a case you, you have to like hang around for weeks might not happen your first night but it's going to happen pretty soon if you're up in that area it is just known for it 
Uh, the energy yeah. here draws it right wow. in, and uh, yeah, that that that's a wild area. I used to go up there quite a bit in my twenties. Yeah, it, you know, though, again with that UFO scenario and, and people getting abducted and stuff, I have talked to so many people over the years, interviewed them, um, some of them famous, even that you you know them if you've seen them on TV or whatever. And I got to tell you, um, some of these things, their intent is not to help us. It's it's, and they've been through some horrifying experiences. Um, you know, I mean, think about it. If it's taking you against your will and doing things to you and putting you back. That's not. These aren't good scenarios. I mean, not at all. Yeah. No, for no. sure. What do you? I've heard the theory that people think that aliens are really just the government doing crazy things on people. What, what's your take on that? Well, I wouldn't be surprised that the government may do that and use the aliens as an excuse. But I can tell you this much: there's 400 billion stars, and or 400 billion galaxies with. 400 billion stars you can't even compute that so there's definitely other life out there and the thing is yeah if it comes here it's way smarter than us they're not burning rock or um animal waste as fuel i'm sure that would be the thing if they were smart enough to get here though other people there's other people uh contemplate the uh the theory of that it's actually like humanity like from the future that in the in the future We've gathered the ability to time travel, so we're coming back and, like, checking in on things. Right. Well, I mean, that wouldn't I, – I, I can't doubt that at all, but yeah. I don't think that that's the only thing. Because here's a scenario. That could be one possibility. The other could be – listen, there could be how many – who knows how many different species from all over coming here, if you think about it. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, and then, and then, like you say, us from the future – you you mix all that in a pot. That's a whole lot to even deal with. Well, you got to think of alien life within Earth. I mean, you look at you, you take humanity as one t- just one species. You know, a, a fish is so different than a human. It's an alien, pretty much. You know, insects they're so different than a human. They're alien. You know what I mean? Um, you know, I got a friend of mine. You know, I never contemplated, but he says, you know. In the, you know, in pond, in, you see all the organisms that live in the in, in pond water and shit like that. It's all that, it's all kind of like alien life. Like to us, it's completely alien. You know what I mean? Yes, that's so true. And I, I don't doubt that either. Um, I've listen. I've seen a lot of reports that come across my desk that um, there's um, alien life, so to speak. But yeah, it's from here that lives in, in Antarctica, yeah. you know, down in the down deep in there i you know i can't doubt it i I can't prove it but um who knows maybe it makes sense like it makes sense like that's where things would be found you know what i mean it's the same thing with like what what is really in the deepest darkest parts of the ocean god knows you know what i mean Oh, right. And I definitely think there's uh ufo bases out in the ocean down where we can't go to i don't doubt that at all yeah for sure i mean we, we we only know a small percentage. That's the creepiest part about the ocean is you, you know you know we have an outer outer space beneath us beneath the ground level that we don't even talk about. It's very uh, right. It's, yeah, it's it's crazy how much we don't know about you know the deep ocean being so close to that's, it. That's yeah. yeah, that's so true. That's so true. You, you nailed it on that one. 
I know you're, uh, you host uh, your own podcast. How'd you get into the whole podcasting thing? Actually, I started about four years ago when I started my my main group. I would just do Facebook Wise with people that was in the paranormal field, you know, some famous, some semi-famous people. Um, and, you know, I'd get 2,500, 3,000 um, people listening to it. And then I just gradually went on up and then had my own, uh, started my own podcast, uh, the Strange Things podcast. Mm-hmm. It's doing very good. I mean, last week we had Jeff Adkins on from the Detroit Paranormal Expedition. Yeah. Uh, he's been on a few TV shows. And, you know, I have some other guests come up, people in the, in the paranormal world that, uh, you know, it gives them a chance to um, describe what they've done, what they're going to do, and, you know, promote their team or whatever it may be. Yeah. What do you, uh, what do you find the most rewarding part of having your own podcast? The most rewarding part, and the reason why I ever got into the broadcasting world to begin with, was another outlet for me to try to educate and maybe help people with paranormal problems. Yeah. Uh, it's just another platform that maybe something that I say or one of the guests can say that they can relate to and say, hey, you know what, um, I can use that information to help myself. Yeah. You got any episodes or like topics that you're like the most proud of that you got to kind of shed light on so far? Um, I cover anything, you know, it doesn't matter. Um, I've researched it, studied it, investigated pretty much all aspects of the paranormal for at least the last 30 plus years anyway, more so with the spirit stuff, but um, all of it, you know, it doesn't matter. It just fascinates me. I think the more we can learn, the more we can help educate ourselves and maybe educate people that, um, because let's face it, if you've got a paranormal problem, no matter what it may be, it's not like you can turn the yellow pages, well, okay, I've been abducted, let me call this one, or I've got an evil spirit here, let me call this guy. I mean, you know, so maybe with outlets like my podcast or even with my group, or uh, people can say, hey, there's something there, maybe I can learn something to help myself. Yeah. Yeah, that's why we do it, you know. Ray, Ray's a medium actor. I'm a filmmaker and gigantic fan of the subject matter. That's kind of how our show came about. Um and we love talking about it. I mean, there's not, there's not, not, there's not too many other topics more worthy of discussion. You know what I mean? Right, and, and there's there's a lot to learn. I mean, we're never going to have all the answers. And when you think you, the problem with a lot of it out there, some people think their ideas or their answers is the right way, and everybody else is wrong. Well, it's so completely opposite of that you really don't know the answers. You know, we just don't know. Me and Ray always stress the importance of protection. You know, a lot of people hear about investigating, see it on TV maybe, or listen to a podcast, and they kind of want to go out and do it. Um, we always, you know, praise up and down uh, how important protection is. What what advice would you give to anybody that was out there that was looking to investigate? Well, the first thing I would say is you really might want to evaluate your life and think about it because there could be um, repercussions. I mean, seriously. And then secondly, you might want to study and read all you can study and read. Secondly, whatever your higher power is, I don't care what it is, you need to grip it, grab it, and really hold on to it and use it and use it. And then, I, I, you know, I use crystals. I use medallions, uh, uh, holy water, anointing oil. I use all of it. But whatever your your higher power is, you need to grip it and really embrace it. Yeah. 
It's, uh, now with the, the, do you keep like, uh, stones on you? And like, and oh yeah, I've got, uh, I wear black tourmaline. I've got other crystals I take with me when I need to. And, and I've got my St. Benedict medal around my neck all the time. Never take it off. Uh, yep. Do you think, um, do you think a stone could be left as a curse? Like, do you think there, you, is there any certain type of stone or that would be more like for this type of thing, but like almost a curse left in. I've heard stories of um, like witches that have left curses. And the whole story with that is how you you had to accept some, like a gift from them, something they gave you, and then that you would accept the curse that way. Do you think that there's a, a type of stone or that a curse could be put in a stone and left somewhere for someone to pick up? Whether it be an intentional person to pick up or the random, they, you know, the, the 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 malicious act of a random person picking up a curse stone. I can see how that can happen. I mean, I've come across some cases where people have dug up stuff that were, I call them like, uh, I use slang words like mojo bags and stuff like that and buried around and hidden. But, yeah. Um, yeah, if you see that kind of stuff, I wouldn't touch it. I would leave it alone, call somebody, um in the paranormal field, look it up online and say, you know, describe what you found, but don't touch it. And, and hopefully they can help you out with it. Yeah. Th this year, the, all the talking that me and Ray did about, you know, attachments and stuff this year, I'm a man that likes flea markets and secondhand stores, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, uh, it, I was really like, I, it opened my eyes up to the possibility of, you know, you never kind of know what's in these items. And, uh, the, the stone thing came up cause I remember I was at a wake not too long ago, and I, in the lobby, there was a little white stone, one of those smooth stones on the ground, and I, I was almost going to grab it, and then all that, all the stuff we've talked about rushed back to my head, and I was like, nah, I'm just going to leave it there. Right, well, here's the thing, I've, um, for, I don't know, most of my life I've bought and sold antiques, right, so I, I have bought many, many with attachments to them. Oh my goodness, I could write a book just on haunted mirrors alone. But um, there was this, matter of fact, you guys probably know where it was, uh, Newport Beach, Rhode Island, you know where Millionaire's Row is down there. They call it Millionaire's Road, all the mansions down there, right? Yeah. Well, this guy calls me. This was like 1995 or something. He says, hey, I got all this stuff. I want to get rid of it. So I go down there and I buy a few things. But the one thing, Box had... Five of these, I mean, these books were 150 to 200 years old, and they were witches' books. Ooh. You know, they had, yeah, they were old, 150, 200 years old. And they had spells in there. was pictures in there you can't unsee. Oh, oh my oh, goodness. No. So anyway, yeah. So I bought these books, and I could feel they had attachments on them big time. It was palpable. So, but it got so bad, noisy in my house and stuff, I had to fermentically lock them into a 400-pound safe around salt and everything just to get the noise down to where I could sleep at night. But <laughs> I had to get rid of them. It took me a couple years to find the right buyer because I didn't want to. I didn't want them to fall in the wrong hands because those books were dangerous. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy when you think of the things that could be floating around out there. It's scary. It's a scary thing. I mean, I'm not talking COVID. Yeah, now... Other things right. floating up. Now, I will say, you you know, you go to flea market stuff. I've been doing that for years. The best advice I can give people is before, if you go somewhere and you see something you like, before you touch it, just clear your mind and get a good beat on it and see if you can feel anything off of it. If you do, 
Leave it alone. You know, it's not worth bringing home an extra person. And, and, and to add to that advice, uh, think about what you're buying too. If you're if you're buying a, a hunting knife with blood stains all over it, you probably want to stay away from that. That's right. A bad look yeah, in the sec- yes. Yeah, well, and the got- second strong strongest strongest piece of advice I could give: do not buy or bring any used mirrors into your house. It's not worth it. Don't do it. Leave it alone. That's a good call. I'm going to make a quick joke. The only reason you get that knife is if you get the matching bloody shirt that comes with it. But what's your take? What's your take uh, on the <laughs> what's your take on the mirror thing? I use mirror. Why? 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 Why uh, leave them? Uh, why no? No use mirrors. Oh my goodness! Well, there's many things. I I can tell you a bizarre case I had with the haunted mirror. If you want me to, I sure do. Ray does too. Oh yeah. All right. This was May twentieth, twenty seventeen person calls me up says hey man there's something going on in my house don't understand it i got my little nephew here he's seeing stuff he don't even know what this stuff is i said okay we'll go down there so i got me and my assistant we got three cameras two recording devices and i was going to go live with it in my main group and stuff anyway we get walk in the house i'm already feeling something isn't quite right but i don't know what it's broad daylight so I walk into one room, and I stopped dead in my tracks, and I said to my sister, what is behind me, and back to my left a little bit. Because whatever's there, there's the problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was afraid to even turn around. <laughs> and um, they said, well, there's uh, the um, stairway's there, but at the base of the stairway is this giant mirror. And I turned around, and when I seen that mirror, it was like, oh, it was, oh, my goodness. This mirror was about four foot by five foot. Now, to come to find out, this mirror was given to this guy, but the mirror, the people had given to him, this mirror was in a hotel, a big hotel for like 60 years. So this mirror has 60 years of seeing, listen, you know what happens in motel rooms over 60 years. Are you kidding me? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness. So that was what was going on. So... We was trying to film this and record it, and I was going to exercise the mirror, wrap it up, and then here's the other catch-22 with haunted bad mojo mirrors. Yeah. You can only dispose of them in three proper ways. You can throw them, you know, in like the middle of the ocean or 2,800 degrees. You can burn them, or you can bury them in consecrated ground. Well, I, you know, I was here in Ohio, so I had no ocean. You know, I didn't have access to 2,800 degrees, so my I'm left with option three, find a cemetery somewhere in the middle of nowhere and dig a hole and bury it and not get caught doing that too, which is crazy. But mm. anyway, so I get this mirror, I exercise it, and then you can't look in the mirror because you don't want this stuff getting on you. I'll tell you, it was a real battle. So yeah. the whole time we're trying to do this, the evil was so probable, it shut down our three recording devices, shut down um, the audio, all the videos, and it stopped my watch. I mean, it shut everything down, wouldn't let nothing work. So finally, I get this big mirror exercise, got it wrapped up properly. I get it put into the vehicle. So now I got to drive 10 miles in the middle of Bigfoot country with this evil in my car trying to get me. So I can go at, now it's about midnight. So now I've got to try to dig this hole in the cemetery without getting caught because, you know, Sheriff will say, hey, what are you doing? Oh, I'm just bearing on a mirror. You know, they're going to throw me away. So I got all this going on. It was a bizarre night. So anyway, get it. here's the thing. I get it done. I go back to the house, 
And where that mirror was on the wall, it looked like blood was pouring, like dripping down the wall. The most bizarre thing I've ever seen in my life. I've heard, yeah, I've heard a blood dripping down a wall story before. Uh, I can only imagine what it's like to witness it. Uh, you know what I mean? That was shocking. Yeah. That was the first I'd ever seen that. That that was a shocker. And that mirror was, boy, it, the E1 that was trying to get me, it was it, it was like getting in my mind while I was driving, like trying to like, it would get in your mind where it make you where you're like, your brain would freeze. And I'm on these country roads that are windy. Oh, it would take one little slip. And I'm wrecking, hmm. and it was, it was a real battle. It was a real spiritual battle all the way to the, you know, digging of the hole at midnight, and a, you know, like fog hovering over the cemetery, and I'm out there digging this hole, and it's mist and rain, and I'm hoping the sheriff don't come by or a yeah. bigfoot or something. How does uh, how does one soul get trapped in a mirror? Well, that's a good question. There's been more yeah. for years you know uh, when somebody would die they would cover the mirrors you know they didn't want the souls to get trapped and that was one of those theories so yeah. i don't know i and, and i do know that mirrors can be used as portals and they and i know that maybe you shouldn't have mirrors facing each other because that could open the portal I'm not saying it will mm-hmm. however it does raise the odds just like going in the middle of a uh hay field uh during a lightning storm you might not get struck by lightning but your odds go way up Right. Just like a mirror. So if you face them with each other, that might not open a portal, but the odds go way up. So why why risk it? Right. Uh, Ellen, you start, when you start talking about the mirrors, what do you think about the fact that the old mirrors uh, and the backing was silver? And that silver is a metal which attracts spirits and, and can hold energy uh, in certain countries. The law, such as the silver bullet kills and et cetera. But silver has that history, and that's why a lot of times uh, when you're making a ring or an amulet, you use the silver because of those powers. Now, if you're randomly putting, and they had been for years, silver is the backing on a mirror, and then the people in front of it are lending their energy, their thoughts, and their emotions over decades in there. Um, you've got a power buildup for that portal. you got got uh, an area there that... Uh, silver itself attracts spirit but everything else you're adding in there that makes that very uh very powerful and a potential for a lot to go wrong uh, yeah you you just nailed it there i i couldn't agree with you more on that uh ray absolutely and you know plus these mirrors they 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 absorb you can you imagine 60 years of absorbing you know uh, people getting beat up or somebody dying or suicides all that mm-hmm. bad mojo that's a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah, it just piles one thing on top of the other and amplifies. Absolutely, it does. And, you know, mirrors can be portals. They can have attachments. They can have a lot going on with mirrors. That's why I always say uh, don't bring one in the house that's used. It's not worth it. It's just not. Careful what you're dabbling with over there. So you know, big big facts for everybody out there. It's uh, right, absolutely. Yeah, the mirror, the mirror thing is very weird. Do you believe you get into the dimensions, like different dimensions? Oh, I believe there's some. Yeah, I I don't doubt there's dimensions and in parallel universes at all. I can't prove it, but I I sure sure don't doubt it, not at all. 
with people running back and forth. Uh, what's your take on like uh, cryptid things? You know, like a Bigfoot or a you know hawk mm-hmm. predator, a big Hawkman. Well, thing. Um, Alex Hawkman. I can tell you that yeah, the the Bigfoots. I live close to Bigfoot country here near Salt Fork, which is one of the most sightings in, in Ohio for uh, Bigfoots. I, I think that me and three of my friends seen one back in like 1981 or 82. It was in the middle of nowhere, and it was just teenagers doing stupid stuff at about 2 in the morning. We stopped to take a little break, and it was like, um, you know how lightning kind of lights up a field? Yeah. We was on the edge of this this dirt road on the edge of a mountain in the middle of nowhere. And down below was a, I think it was an Ombudsman's hate or a cow field. And there was one big giant Oak tree sitting there. It was probably three, 400 year old tree, huge. Mm-hmm. And the lightning would light kind of like flash and light up the field. Well, I'm kind of looking down there and when it did, there was probably 200 yards down in this field, probably eight foot, four foot wide, hairy, I don't know if it was an Amish man or some crazy guy in a suit at 2 in the morning in 1982 in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> all I know is we all kind of seen it. We all got back in the car, floored it, left, and never spoke about it ever since. You know, more more people <laughs> yeah. need to come out. More people yeah, need to come out. Yeah, I would, I would say, yeah, that's about what I would do. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. You don't, you don't mess around with no Sasquatchy thing that's... uh that much bigger than you. No oh my god! And then um, three years ago, a friend of mine was in Alabama, and they were doing a Facebook Live while they were investigating a haunted woods, trying to get EVPs. Correct. Mm-hmm. So I'm watching it. I was the only one watching. And while I'm watching it, behind her, a Bigfoot made an appearance, unbeknownst to them. Right. Yeah. So I screenshot it and showed it to them, and they were they never went back in the woods again. I still I actually have the video and the screenshots to this day still. Yeah, that's uh, uh the I, I love I love all that stuff. We got one over in the, uh, the our area. We have we got a, a Bigfoot supposedly in a, a Bridgewater Triangle area, the, uh, which is like our big. That's like our our at least in my neck of uh, Massachusetts. That's like our big folklore type deal. Uh, you brought up EVPs there for a moment. Uh, have you 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 done some e- you've done EVPs? I'm I'm guessing, right? Of course, right? Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I um, one EVP that was kind of scary was I had this thing cornered in this closet, and um, I stuck my hand in the closet with the recorder, and I said, um, "How long you been here?" And this real evil like voice said a long time like real brutal like yeah. long time <laughs> I was like wow yeah. <laughs> I was like wow yeah yeah I've, I've heard some crazy stuff let me tell you yeah right I've got uh, I've got family out in Ohio that I visit now and then have you ever been to the Ohio Reformatory oh yeah it's only about 40 50 miles from my house yeah there's yeah, there's a lot going on there, my goodness. But uh, they want so much money anymore to go there. But, yeah, I've been there. It's it's definitely haunted. That, that's a given. Yeah, I've got some EVPs out of there and a photograph that can't be explained. And EVPs are creepy. Yeah. Oh, I bet. I bet. And, you know, even the um, – there's another prison, uh, Eastern State um, in Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania. That one there, too. My goodness. I've been there a couple times, but – 
going down Interstate uh, 70, going eastbound, you can see that prison. looks like an old Gothic castle. It just gloom and doom, like it beckons you for miles. Like you see it for miles going toward it. You just feel miserable looking at it. It's, it's just awful. Yeah, I know that uh, oh, I took my family with me, but next time I go, if we go out there, we're going to check out if we can find some place to uh, another place we can stop in. Um, that got them hooked all in one shot. Yeah, we want to stop. Yeah, there's a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> Your turn. Um, yeah, also, uh, if you're talking about uh, protection. Yeah. Yeah, I did, did the prayers before going in and prayers once we got out, out of the reformatory. Yeah, you really That's got smart, yeah, yeah, definitely. I I do the same thing. I say certain prayers. I uh, I bless I bless my car before going in, bless it going out, bless everybody, uh, holy water, you name it, use it all. Um, I definitely know when I'm coming home with me. I've had a few things follow me home before, and that's matter of fact. I had a spirit three years ago. Met a person right up the street. Was talking to them. They had so many attachments on them. I was afraid to even stand by them too long, and, and um, this just they had so many. Attachments on them that it, it actually blew up my phone. It blew the motherboard up in my cell phone. And uh, that night, I, I laid down and my water faucet turned on in my bathroom. And I was like, "Oh, oh no, we're not having that." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, you got you got to be careful, me. You know who you shake hands with and stuff. I've thought about that more since this year with discussions on this show as well. You know, with the, the attachments and all that, where. You see someone who's up the shady biz, or looks like they're up the shady biz. Just uh, you're better off, you know, in, in an older world where you just, you know, shake their hand, smile, and keep it moving. You, you almost don't even want to shake their hand anymore because you get a something to rub off on. You know, you don't even think of these things. Right, and and Ray probably knows this too. You know, giving hugs to people. You know, you're you're in mingling your aura field. Well, you get somebody that's got something bad on them or maybe not living life right now they're kind of bleeding into your your field you know what i mean yeah. if that makes any sense ray uh, it, it does make sense a funny thing that happened one time is that uh, i was doing something with a <clears throat> and a gentleman was very very good at um reading auras and chakras getting into your energy and finding things out and uh he occasionally would do this without permission and I knew that ahead of time. And it was funny because he was coming up towards me, and then he stepped halfway back and looked at me. And I just smiled at him. He said, you bounced me right out. I said, I didn't welcome you in. It's kind of, no, no, I get that protection up all the time. If, if you're nasty, you feel uncomfortable near me. Because that, right. that, that field is around me all the time. And yep. I can tell you. When you step into it, it's kind of like, okay, that's as far as you're going. And you, you won't yeah. want to hug me. You won't want to shake my hand. I mean, if, you, if you're good, you'll feel real comfortable coming in, and I'll feel comfortable letting you in. Right. Yeah, you got to protect you. you got to protect yourself in your aura field, man, because seriously, it's like taking a, a eyedropper with colored water in it and, and dropping that one drop of green into a glass of clear water. It kind of pollutes it. 
you know what you know what I'm trying to say? It's the same kind of effect with your aura field. Now, have you ever used you you mentioned crystals? Have you ever used moldavite? Uh, I think I actually think I have one in my collection. Yeah, I have. I think I do have one of those. Yes, that's a very high energy stone, and it's very good uh, when praying, meditating, and also uh, if you're orientated mm. right, it reinforces that feel, makes it very strong because of the high energy that it carries. Um, I know people that it's high enough they've tried carrying it and uh, they have physical problems. One person mm. I know had a ring, and they started the hand started to feel like uh, arthritis. So you really got to cleanse yourself out and be have a right state of mind to use that. But when you do, like I carry three pieces all the time, and uh, right. when you do, it, it's it's great for you know someone negative coming towards you. It just bounce helps bounce them away by reinforcing your field. Yeah, yeah, I do have one of those in my um, bag. I've got a bunch of different sorted ones in there. But I, I do know that I know that name, so yes, I do have that one. I've got all kinds of different ones for different reasons. And uh, I, I listen. I look at it like this: the the more things you can use to help protect yourself, um, it, it, it can't hurt. You know, you can always um, add to. But if you needed it and you don't have it, what good is it? So if I have it and it's going to work, uh, amen to that. Oh, I agree. The other thing is that um, I will talk about the Moldavite. But it's also an old thing. Um, my DNA and recently ancestry shows some Native American, but you go back about 15 years ago, I was adopted by a, lo a local tribe. And uh, I was sat in a drum. My, at my wedding, best man was uh, uh, the medicine man. And I learned a lot of things. And what are, one of the things I learned is when you prepare a pouch, whether it's a medicine bag, a pouch, whatever it is, you never tell anybody everything in it because that, what is in it, is part of your power. And you don't want to give that right. away. So right, that right. Never, never describe everything that's in there. Yeah, that's, I agree with that 100%. And, you know, he mentioned the, uh, the triangle there. I've been in that place a few times myself, and you guys got the old puck wedgies over there, too. Yeah, you oh, better yeah. believe it. <laughs> you get down with the puck wedgie? Not me, not me, but I, I'll tell you, I've come across many uh, reports when I was over there of people seeing them, or allegedly seeing them anyway. My brother, uh, who, who never talks about stuff like this, uh, was riding his bike home from a friend's house one day, uh, right in, in the middle of the road, you know, it was night, uh, at nighttime, it was at nighttime, um, and, you know, the the streetlights were on, so it would go from, like, dark to light, dark to light. And uh, he said he was riding down the road, and he, he cruised by something that was, like, a little, like, dwarfy, small. What what, what he, didn't, he didn't know what a Pugawudgie was, but he described the Pugawudgie. And he said oh. he, he cruised by it, and he seen it real quick, and it scared him. And he pedaled, uh, he, ped, he, like, pedaled, and he stopped almost at the end of the street. And he said he looked back, and he, it was in the standing in, in the middle of the street looking at him. And he, my brother's not one for telling stories, and I, I remember like being like, "Wow!" But that, that's my only Pugawudgie like tie-in story. But I know, I know a lot of people have have, have stories, and it's it's quite a 
interesting little uh, ditty, you know what I mean, where they, they, they lure people into the woods and they'd lure them off cliffs and stuff like that. It was really an evil little goblin type thing, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, uh, um, and you guys might, Ray might remember this anyway, but in the 80s, there were some satanic, uh, satanic um, cults and stuff there yeah. uh, near the Fall River. They call it Fall Reef, but Fall River yeah. and, <laughs> and uh, areas out there in the woods. And I can't think of the woods. Uh, can't, can't think of the woods out there. But anyway, um, so my friend, I, I went out one time. Uh, and my aunt said, you know, what can I do? And it was, I think it was Halloween. It was Halloween. He give me directions to this place, so I go there. I'm by myself, and and I'm you know I'm in the woods. He told me where to go, but I'm hearing some noise, and I can see like flash over the the hillside, like mm-hmm. well, you know somebody's got fire going, you know. So I get down, and I crawl up over this log, and I peek up over about I don't know 50 yards away or maybe 60 yards. There's people in robes, you know, I don't know, a dozen of them or so. And they're chanting and dancing around this giant bonfire, and there's a goat chained to this table, and there's a machete on the on the table, and I'm like, oh no! I backed out of there so quietly, got out of there. I was like, what did I get myself into? I didn't think much of it, but you know, fast forward, you know, I I, I learned that there was a lot of stuff going on over there, cults and stuff, and I was wondering, looking back, I might have stumbled across something. I'm glad they didn't see me. I'll put it like that. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of cult stuff and satanic stuff going on. It's we have a like a little Bridgewater Triangle historian who's going to be coming on the show. Uh, we're doing a three part uh, thing with her because like a, the trilogy, like a three part thing because of a triangle. And um, the original we one of the segments was going to be straight up the satanic cult aspect of it, and she she was so spooked out by it still that. She doesn't want to talk about that stuff. She wants. She's down with everything else. So, like the the impact that 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 half of it has had is still looming in the air for sure. You know what I mean? But that's like true, oh, it is. That's that true horror stuff. Like that's the you can you can say yeah, there's a Bigfoot out there, or yeah, there's a ghoul that'll grab you, and that's like there, there's all. It always has that element of you know make believe because of what it is, but. You know, humans out there doing devilish things is very real, so that's very scary, you know. Yeah, there's still people out there doing things. Uh, uh, You know, another time I went to another place, I used to go fishing um, in this one place, uh, I think it was Harrisville in Rhode Island. I never thought much of it, but every time I'd go fishing there, I'd feel like I'd feel horrible, sick. I feel like someone was always watching me. It just felt bad. Yeah. Well, uh, and I I'd, sometimes I'd see shadow stuff, and, you know, sh- like shadows, um, like spirit shadows or something mm-hmm. in the woods. And now you fast forward, and I realized that that land was where the um, like the conjuring house was, right close by there. And, you know, I didn't know it at the time, but I, I look back now, I'm like, oh my goodness, that that land is um, there's a lot going on there with that land. That's for sure. Yeah, we, we had an episode earlier in this last season where we talked about a, a gentleman's club that was in Rhode Island and, like, the entire strip that that was on, like, weird stuff happened all the time. Because, yeah, Rhode Island has some weird, you know, some weird dark ties to it. Um, well, well, you ahead. know, uh, Harrisville and where that gentleman's club were are in northern Rhode Island, where which has the Haunted Monastery. Mm. And there's also an area there where uh, there was a massacre 
And that whole section uh, is really some strange ground. And add into it, um, I noted on the other side, they have a place, oh, what's the name of it? It used to be a ski resort. It's closed now. Oh, I forgot, forgot, but it's in, it's in the same area. But you go on the other side of where the ski resort is, and you go exploring trails, and you come across the circles, you come across the remains of people who have done rituals there, and some nasty stuff. So that whole area in northern Rhode Island is uh, a spooky place to visit. Yeah, I, I used to go to uh, some haunted places up there in what they call Woonsocket. Oh, yeah. And, uh, it, yeah, and the, the, I'll tell you, that land up there in, in Woonsocket is, um, it's got some stuff on it for sure. When you I was, I was up, I was up there one time, and I'm walking around and uh, standing on a small hill, and I'm looking in the distance. And uh, this was in Lincoln, just over the line from where Winsocket is, uh, northern part of Lincoln, in that area. And uh, I'm looking, and it's kind of like in the distance, everything kind of fluctuated, and you could almost see something else there, kind of uh, almost circular, kind of fluctuated. It's almost like you were looking into, into somewhere else, and then it went back to normal, and you saw the trees and, and the hills that were normally there. And I said, okay, time to turn around and leave. I just saw something start to open up and close. Yeah. Yeah, that's not like you come across the portal. You know, I have a theory that some of these portals out in these deep woods maybe were some of these people coming up missing. I agree. That's yeah. Definitely. I mean, I know there was a store up in Lincoln um, they used to sell a lot of crystals and a, a lot of stuff. And if they were good people ran it, but there was one section of it. You could tell there was a, a vortex or a portal there because all you have to do is stand on it and go, whoa. But they did rituals to kind of contain it so that it never harmed anybody. My question is, I know the store closed down and they built something else there. I'm wondering, without those people and their awareness, what's happening in that place right now? Yeah. That's a good point right there, Ray. Let me tell you something. You know, a lot of people... Uh, they might have built a brand new house uh, on a land somewhere, and then their house, before they know it, is so haunted. But what happens is people don't realize, especially in, in New England, there's a lot of blood history on that land. You don't know hundreds of years of bloodshed on that land and, and curses and, and whatever. It, it starts stacking up, like you mentioned earlier, and next thing you know, you can build a new house, but it could be as haunted as an old one. Yeah, you just open it up right over a portal or something else, and you're unaware of it. Yeah, so true. Yep. You know, what? Uh, and in that, that way, uh, you miss New England at all for that? <laughs> no, no, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> I sure don't. I've seen a lot of weird stuff, and even you know, at one time I lived around just around the block from um, uh, Lizzie Borden House, and. Um, I went there a couple of times and seen some crazy stuff in there too. Hot spot. Yeah. I don't have anything that bad, but in the town I live in, I grew up in it, and uh, I moved back here about five years ago. Uh, I moved to Rhode Island for a while and then moved back. The town's very comfortable for me. There's not much here except for one area, and there were some train tracks they used to play on. The tracks are gone, but where the tracks were are still there. And uh, several things happened. Um, prior to my being born in a town um, but on those tracks there had been a lot of deaths there had been accidents and there had been people killed on they eventually closed the line down 
But I remember one time I'm, I'm in my, uh, in my bedroom. I'm probably about eight, nine years old on the second floor of the house we lived in. And, uh, I would keep getting this figure that would come floating and hanging outside the window. And once in a while, when I moved back, I lived in another town near the tracks and it could be late at night. And if you stepped outside, sometimes you could hear the train coming through and a whistle, even though there's no tracks anymore. That's about the worst mm. this town. That's about the worst this mm. town has. Wow. Well, uh, you know, another place I used to go to once in a while, I would fish right behind it, is the old Slater Mill there in Pawtucket. And, um, yeah, I would hear a lot of, you know, some, I would hear kids screaming sometimes mm. and, and, and all kinds of, of, you know, um, disembodied voices. And I wasn't even in the building. That was outside. Yeah, that's supposed to be haunted. Supposedly there are a lot of, they used to use the, uh, well, I know they used to use the children in the mill. They had a lot of accidents and a lot of children died in there in the machinery. I worked yeah, in those. Yeah, I worked in those when I was young during summers to help out. And you know, you mentioned the place. There used to be the old Cranston Hospital, and and they tore it down sometime in the mid nineties, I think. But it used to sit there almost on the corner. I, I want to say like Route Four or Post Road or something. I can't remember. But anyway, that hospital they tore down. And I don't know what's there now, but could you imagine? And that hospital was there for years. You imagine all the people that had died or the spirits that may be still there in that land because there's got to be something built there now, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's, there's, a, there's a lot of old hospitals and buildings in Rhode Island. Um, I worked just one weekends uh, when I was in college and as a security guy at night. And even my primary thing was watching outside, watching the cars. But whenever a nurse had to go anywhere, particularly downstairs, um, you always had to escort them because no one felt comfortable going downstairs and they had stories of what they saw. Thirty years later, it's converted into a nursing home with a hospice unit. And there were workers in there who refused to go into a certain part of that basement. To this day, wow. they refuse to go there because it's haunted. But you think about yeah. it used to be a hospital, all the deaths. Now you have a nursing home with a hospice unit in it. But these people are dying on premise. Yeah. And it yeah. just builds up over all those years. There's a lot of sadness. It does. There's a lot of sadness there, too. You know what I mean? Families grieving and the people knowing they're going to die. You add all that bad energy there as well as the people actually passing. It's a really, really dark. You could pay. It is. It, you know. The prisons, hospitals, and um, sanitariums uh, or asylums, those places got so much that um, I'll tell you, it's just palpable. Yeah, we got a, um, up by me, we have a little uh, TB, it was like a little mental hospital, TB hospital that got shut down uh, a while back, and it's kind of like a test of your manhood in the, in the my local community to break in there at one point and walk around. Um I, I, you know, anybody who's anybody who's been in there, you know what I mean? Um, but that place uh, was heavy with that. And, we, we, you know, from back in that day, we even just discussed, it's like, you imagine how many people have died here that, like, weren't on the books? Because you figure, like, in a situation, like, you have the TB, which was, you know, trouble within itself. But you have, like, um, you know, the mental hospital with the patients and, you know, patients, back then, I feel like patients probably died a lot more often. And, you know, there's patients that 
didn't their families didn't like pay attention anymore. So I think you know you got a patient that likes to headbutt you in the face. You know what I mean? Whenever you see him, and his family's not watching out for him, people are eventually going to figure out a way not to get headbutted in the face anymore. You know what I mean? And I think all oh. the the people that died that way, on top of regular ways, because you know we can all agree that if you go out extra dark there's like an extra dark energy that comes with that you know what i mean so it's a superior dark energy in those places for sure you were going to say something right yeah i was going to say james i'm probably uh you probably agree with me those mental asylums way back in the day uh the way they treated treated people lobotomies this and that uh they left them in their filth some of the reformatories uh the beatings that you got if you misbehave that all can not only the deaths but all of that uh, viciousness and negative energy really builds up in those places and just hangs around. It does. You, you boy, does it ever? And you know, sometimes it's so, it's so thick in there. And you know, a lot of them people are, are them spirits are kind of, Some of them are revengeful for that. You know, some of them places, you, if you they bit the employees, they would pull all their teeth. Yeah. Can you imagine how horrible that would be. Since you bring that up, I remember when we got into the basement of this 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 uh, mental hospital, there was a weird setup in the corner that was a chair, and it had one of those old school lights that go over your shoulder facing down because it was all medical equipment, and it looked exactly like a dentistry type thing was going on. That you know, that that probably the most haunted place I've ever been in my life. You know, it, when we were in there. You know, there was things that we caught on the camera that if we caught while we were in there, we wouldn't have been in there anymore type deal. You know what I mean? And, like, after we looked back, we were like, wow. Like, there's, there's, you know, you can see shadow people, like, in the windows as we approach. Like, it's crazy. There's noises you can hear that you can't hear. There's grunts and growls that we didn't hear at the time. There's this, um, there's a moment when we go into this room and the the dude walks in with the camera and in front of him there's, like, 10 feet there's a table that stretches across the room and then there's like another five feet in filing cabinets and when we the, we first pop in you you see a, a wire swinging but there's no windows in this place there's like nothing that would have moved it and there's nobody in the room you know what i mean uh it's just like but that stuff houses incredibly bad energy you know what i mean it's and the crazy part is when they tear those places down condominiums go up and shit like that, like, you know what I mean, and this, that stuff doesn't just leave because you tore down the, found, you know, the foundation and the walls and all that good stuff, you know, uh, it, it yeah, stays, right. <laughs> unfortunately. Right, and you, you know, um, of all the places I've been, the place that is the most haunted that, that I've seen spirits all day long, 24-7, was Gettysburg, I mean, it was just palpable. I was there for a week, and the first two days, I was pretty much sick in bed, just trying to regroup and regrip myself to <laughs> to be able to fade to fend off all these spirits. It was just amazing. I can't believe how people that live there are not just drained all the time. It's just um, there's just so much. Like the the one inn that I stayed in, it was kind of outside of town, a little bit in the country. They use it as a makeshift hospital, and the floors to this day are still stained with the blood from the 1860s, where he was hacking people up and stuff. Crazy. Oh, I don't, I'm surprised. Yeah. I don't know why they don't just like block that stuff off. Like, 
like don't let people people can go they make it a public park or something but people should never inhabit that like live live over something like that you know what i mean oh it was it was that end i would come in at night i stayed just one in for two days i would come in if you ever seen that movie insidious where the spirits are standing like totally stiff with their eyes wide open looking at you yeah that's that's what I've seen every night when I come in with the, an older lady looked like the, from the movie The City standing in the corner staring right at me like with them intense like evil looking eyes and I was like I will walk by real slow and just kind of wave and the chandelier like dimly lit would like blink and that would scurry up the steps and go to bed. Yeah. Uh, I would I would definitely not appreciate that situation. That would be uh, Yeah, I was just hoping I was just like, you know, you stay there, and I'll just mind my business, and we'll be good. <laughs> After a while, you get used to it, you know. It's one of those things we can get used. Yeah, to you just get. I get numb to it, right? You, and the funny part about that place, there was this road that that connects from there into the town called Hospital Road, and supposedly there was some battles there and people died. But anyway, it was about ten o'clock at night, and the person I was with, they was driving. They said. And it was like this mist coming across the road. And they said, yeah, go out there and get some EVPs. So I, I'm out there trying to get some EVPs standing in this, what I call, like, electrical mist. It was was mist, but it was like, you know, it was almost like um, ghost mist, almost, so to speak. So anyway, I did that. So I get back in, in the car, and they had one of these cameras that sits in the middle console, and you can see behind you. Mm-hmm. I haven't looked down at it, and, and you could see what looked like soldiers in the shape of mist going across the road. I mean, it was the most mind-blowing thing I've ever seen. And I said to the person, oh, my God, look at the camera. What's behind us? They looked, they looked at it and seen that and floored it and about put me in the back seat. Yeah. <laughs> I got a that question. was some mind-blowing stuff. I got a question for you guys. Uh, when you're watching a movie or something and you see like a... a like a, a some type of voodoo or spiritual ceremony or sacrifice going on, and they have that like rock foundation pat, like the rocks making like a circle that they walk around. What's that? Do you know what that's for? I'm, I know it has to mean something in real life. Anybody know? I don't know. Can you describe it again? So, like, let's say you had. Um, you took rocks, right? And you were gonna, you were gonna, you were gonna lay them in a pattern to kind of make a pathway, right? But instead of a straightaway pathway, it was almost coiled around itself like a snake, all leading into the middle. Does that represent anything? Okay. Like, yeah, does that represent anything in real life? I see it so much in movies. I seen it earlier today, and uh, it, it stuck with me. I said it's a good question to ask them. They might know. A lot of the, it's kind of like a, I know a lot of the Celtics used it, and a lot of the um, Nordics use it, like in Norway and, and Sweden, yeah. and a lot of the uh, Native American Indian tribes use it. I think it's more like a, it's like a spiritual um, trail, or it's something to do spiritually when you take that. I, I, I haven't studied enough on it yet to say for sure, but that's what I've kind of uh, picked up. Yeah. Right, well, cool. if you're talking if you're talking about the spiral, the spiral is an ancient uh, sacred symbol, and it is a pathway, and they use yeah. it for ceremonies. Uh, the Native Americans, what they'll do is, they don't always use stones. There are some permanent ones. Stones are uh, uh, used quite a bit, 
but even let's say if you're going to go to a powwow, you notice in the center of it, they always have a circle. And you have a medicine man go in there and bless the circle to create a sacred space. And he honors the four directions. And the fire is always in the middle. And there's a fire keeper who has to keep that fire going. And what that circular pattern does is create that sacred sacred space. And it can, um, it can also function as a portal depending upon how you set it up. Um, I know like I've been to or part of years ago several sweat lodges and we would build the lodge itself and it was in a, it was in a circle. And you always had one person outside the fire keeper who would heat the stones and pass them in but he had a dual purpose. He was there to Pray for and protect those inside the lodge because you're vulnerable in that space when you open up. So the circle is, it's a sacred circle. And uh, depending upon how you open it, it can be positive or it can be negative. But the uh, the circular uh, shape, yeah, that has to do in a lot of cultures with the uh, sacred space. I dig it. Yeah, thanks, Ray. And I've both been in the hut and I've been the firekeeper both, so it's... <laughs> That's how I learned. I dig, I dig. Right. Ray, you got any more questions for James? Uh, no, this is, I found this very interesting. This was good times. I'm going to end with, I have one final question. Um, James, what do you think happens when we die? Well, uh, in my world, when you die, there's going to be a window. Uh, when that window comes, it's, your loved ones are probably going to be there to greet you. And if you don't take that window and cross over, um, unfortunately, you may be earthbound stuck until you come across somebody like Ray or a medium or psychic who can, uh, if you can find them and, and relay a message to them that, hey, you need to cross over. Now, that may take five years or 500 years. My advice is that if when you do die and that window comes, take it. And, you know, don't want to be earthbound. I agree. A lot of good stuff. We t- we annihilated a lot of great subjects and it covered a lot of stuff. Good job, boys. Very good job. Well, James, I think that your experiences uh, really are awesome. Uh, the road you've traveled. And I want to thank you for sharing it. It has Absolutely. been fascinating. For sure. Well, thank you very much for having me. Um, you know, the thing is, you can't hardly even cover the tip of the iceberg in 30-plus years. But I, I tried to cover some of the stuff that was funny, scary, and maybe educational. I think we well, covered we, all that, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I'd say we both both agree you were successful. Well, thank you very much, guys. Uh, thanks for having me on, and, and much appreciated. Anytime. Everybody go out there, check out James. That's James Creechbaum, the Strange Things podcast. Hopefully, we'll be on there in the future. He's been doing it for 30 lines, doing it nice and big, uh, paranormal and it up, and um, a friend of Mostly Ghostly. You know what I mean? So, we'll catch all y'all on the next episode of Mostly Ghostly. Ghostly.